This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. Brazilians went to the polls on October 2nd in an election that was widely expected to bring clear-cut victory to former President Luis Inácio Lula da Silva, who until recently had been imprisoned on trumped-up corruption charges. But the incumbent, Jair Bolsonaro, had a better-than-expected showing. The final outcome of Lula's 48.4% to Bolsonaro's 43.2% means that the two will be matched up in a runoff election on October 30th. Bolsonaro's far-right party also had a far stronger showing in the lower house of Congress than expected, increasing its seats from 76 to 99. We turn to Maria Luisa Mendonça, director of Brazil's Network for Social Justice and Human Rights and a visiting scholar at the CUNY Graduate Center in New York. Welcome to the program, Maria Luisa. Thank you very much. So what was expected to happen in these elections ahead of Sunday? The polls were showing that Lula might outright win. And if he had gotten 50% plus one vote, he would have won, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, But in any case, it's very difficult for um, a president, a sitting president, not to win most votes, uh, even in the first round. So I think uh, in spite of all of this, Lula did well. Uh, He had uh, 6 million votes more than Bolsonaro. Uh, But of course, it was disappointing because since Bolsonaro has been uh, threatening not to accept the result of the elections, his discourse is very similar to Trump's discourse. And he spreads, you know, fear and violence. So, you know, the hope was that Lula could win in the first round to avoid the risk of uh, Bolsonaro uh, threats to democracy. But, you know, we still have three weeks to go. We have a second round. Lula got you know, many more votes than Bolsonaro. And uh, now also the hope is that uh, the smaller parties that got a smaller percentage of the votes would support Lula. So uh, we are hoping that uh, very soon those uh, parties would announce that uh, they would support Lula. So Lula would be able to build a broader alliance for the second. Tell, can, we have had, we've spoken to you many times in the past around what was happening in Brazil with Bolsonaro's rule. Um, the, you know, during the pandemic, he dismissed the COVID-19 virus. Um, he's been a far-right leader who has really pushed back a lot of Brazil's reforms under Lula. And Lula has been the victim of political charges. So what Trace the rise for our audience, for Lula, from prison to nearly president. Um, how did he, did he get pardoned? How was it that he was allowed to run? Yes, exactly. We talked about that before. You have been following this process since 2016, when uh, President Dilma Rousseff, at that time, uh, there was a 
parliamentary coup against her. And then after that, Lula was arrested, although... And Rousseff uh, there... was an ally of Lula's. Exactly, yeah. President Dilma Rousseff was also with the Workers' Party. And in 2016, uh, she suffered a parliamentary coup you know, the right-wing forces in the country orchestrated a parliamentary coup against her. And then uh, later, uh, former President Lula was also charged with corruption, although there was no evidence against him. So the only way Bolsonaro was able to take power was because there was that parliamentary coup against former President Dilma Rousseff in 2016. And then Lula was not able to run in the last election. So that was the context in which uh, Bolsonaro took power. So the only way right-wing parties in Brazil uh, were able to take power in recent decades was uh, because they orchestrated a coup. And you know this series of uh, attacks on the workers' party. But now, you know, after a very you know, disastrous uh, administration of Bolsonaro, Lula, again, you know, is the most popular politician in the country. So when we, uh, when you were observing what was happening in the lead up to the election, what were the issues at stake? Um, Bolsonaro's, you know, he'd been very popular. He's still, I think, more popular than, than most people hoped he would be. Uh, how has he been able to uh, deflect or counter some of the claims and some of the very real damage that his government did? I mean, is he, you know, how, how have him and Lula tackled issues in the lead up to the election? Yeah, it's difficult to understand, you know, how Bolsonaro has that type of popularity. But I think, first of all, we have we had years and years of attacks against the workers party almost like imagine if all mainstream media were like fox news so basically you know uh people were bombarded with attacks against the workers party in addition to that bolsonaro uh mounted a huge infrastructure to spread fake news on social media. And actually, the Supreme Court in Brazil is investigating, there is a current investigation against Bolsonaro's party for spreading fake news, including you know, fake news uh, discrediting the elections and discrediting democracy. In addition to that, Bolsonaro has support from the evangelical church in Brazil. So if you put together, you know, all of this infrastructure in favor of Bolsonaro, uh, the message is very strong. So the challenge is how, you know, you, you resist that type of message. But I think uh, most Brazilians now still uh, know that uh, the Workers' Party uh, had very concrete policies to improve the lives of people. You know, most people in the country want policies that uh, uh, have uh, prior that prioritize investments in education, in healthcare, to protect the environment, to protect women's rights. So you know that is uh, 
I, I think that this idea that the country is polarized um, doesn't really explain that uh, there was this orchestrated uh, effort to attack democracy in Brazil. So Bolsonaro is part of this global far-right movement that uses those types of mechanisms to manipulate uh, public opinion and to discredit democracy. What about the issue of climate change? Uh, Brazil has, uh, you know, a huge uh, chunk of the Amazon rainforest is in Brazil, and Bolsonaro was responsible for allowing the Amazon to be decimated and, of course, angering indigenous communities there. Did those issues play a part in the election? Yes, uh, that's for sure. And it's also important uh, to have international solidarity because, of course, environmental issues and climate change are global issues. So you probably remember uh, a couple of years ago, there was a lot of attention to the huge fires in the Amazon. And uh, Bolsonaro was responsible for that because uh, he dismantled all the environmental institutions in the country, including the environmental ministry. And also uh, his rhetoric gave incentives for mining corporations, agribusiness uh, to uh, expand the destruction of the Amazon. But although we don't see uh, that very much in the news right now, deforestation actually increased in the recent years. Last year and this year so far, deforestation is larger than last year and the year before. So, but we also need to, uh, to point to the role of uh, foreign corporations, agribusiness corporations, mining corporations that are uh, also promoting the destruction of the Amazon. And we need to build solidarity and to denounce that internationally as well. Now, when we look at the uh, next three weeks where the runoff election, where Lula and Bolsonaro alone face off against one another, what does Lula need to do? If you read the sort of corporate press, um, the, you know, it's, it's really interesting because for a long time, Lula was dismissed as a corrupt left winger who was too far left. Bolsonaro was sort of tolerated. But now you're seeing outlets like The Economist, for example, realizing that Bolsonaro is bad for Brazil and suggesting that Lula needs to move to the center in order to win. What do you make of that? Well, I think that uh, the uh, mainstream conservative parties took a big risk since the parliamentary coup in 2016, supporting that coup and then supporting Bolsonaro, even though sometimes they didn't support directly, they created the context for Bolsonaro and this far-right new fascist movement to take power in Brazil. And in terms of uh, the results of the elections for Congress, for example, uh, the left-wing parties didn't lose seats. Uh, the loss was, the major loss was uh, by the mainstream conservative parties that uh, lost space. Uh, 
to this extreme far-right movement that Bolsonaro represents. So, you know, mainstream media uh, internationally in Brazil and also, let's say, the more mainstream neoliberal conservative parties need to understand that they took a big risk uh, and now they're losing space. They're almost irrelevant in Brazil right now. So I think Lula needs to move forward with the message that uh, uh, makes sense for Brazilians. You know, they need to improve. Uh, the, the Workers' Party needs to improve the lives of people, you know, having economic policies that uh, create jobs, that protect the environment. So you don't uh, think he needs to move to the center, that he should actually stick to his principles? That's what well, people love him for. I, I, I don't think that investing in education and healthcare and job creation is a radical idea. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Lula is this radical left-wing Right. person you know i think he is a moderate politician the problem is now you know the that uh, you have as a reference a far-right neo-fascist movement so i don't think lula is radical at all so compared to bolsonaro he seems radical but really as uh, you're right i mean even before bolsonaro came into power there was there were some on the left who really were disappointed that he wasn't left enough, that Lula wasn't left enough. Exactly, yeah. Many social movements had criticisms of uh, uh, the Workers' Party before because they thought, you know, they could move uh, to make uh, structural changes in Brazil, for example, implement uh, agrarian reform, you know, have... Uh, policies that uh, would be more structural policies but uh, you know even though we we there was some criticism we think that uh, uh, the amount of investment that uh, the workers party did in education for example was unprecedented so uh, it was you know they really made concrete uh, improvements in the lives of people and uh, that's why people still support Lula. That's why he's the most uh, popular politician in the country, because people remember that uh, there was a concrete change to improve the lives of people. So I think all of us need to support that, need to support, you know, better economic policies and social policies. Well, uh, we'll certainly see what happens in the next few weeks. Uh, Maria, Luisa, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your analysis as always. Thank you very much. My guest has been Maria Luisa Mendonca, Director of Brazil's Network for Social Justice and Human Rights and Visiting Scholar at the CUNY Graduate Center in New York. We've been talking about Brazil's first round of elections, which took place Sunday and yielded a win for Lula, who didn't win 50% uh, outright and so heads to a runoff against Bolsonaro on October 30th. I'm Sonali Kohatkar. You can access this and other interviews on our website, risingupwithsonali.com. By becoming a subscriber, find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RU with Sonali.